The classroom controversy continues within the East Noble School District. And just to be clear, Land, I do not have a personal vendetta against East Noble. I don't even live in Noble County, uh, thus I don't have a child in the district. But something is definitely going on here, and I simply cannot ignore it. I actually started tracking this story about a teacher at East Noble's Southside Elementary School allowing one of her second graders to carry on a discussion about gender identity uh, within the classroom there. She ended up getting a three-day suspension. Um, after sharing that story here on the air, I heard from so, so many of you also about some other issues like pornographic material within East Noble. I heard about an investigation that's underway into one of East Noble's middle school staffers. Apparently, the staff member is being investigated by the Kenneville Police and DCS. So it sounds like to me as though a gender identity discussion in the second grade class is just really the tip of the iceberg here. So I called up State Representative Dave Abbott um, because he lives within this district. He lives um, and represents Noble County, and he is joining us live right now. Good morning, Dave. Uh, good morning, Kyla. How are you? Good. I mean, man, oh, man, I don't even know where to start. I feel like there's so much to run through here. Um, but have you, first of all, been made aware of this gender identity discussion in this second grade classroom at East Noble? Yes, I have. I'm somewhat familiar with it now since I've been made aware of it. So, since... Yeah, it's, uh, well, let me ask you this, Dave. Since you've been made aware of it, I really wanted to, to get your perspective on this because I know that you and you you know you because you and your colleagues passed House Bill sixteen oh eight last year, um, essentially prohibiting discussions about human sexuality in pre K through third grade. Um, so, how and what did you think of everything that transpired in the second grade classroom? Since clearly the school didn't really equipped its teachers, administrators, staffers uh, with how to be proactive to conversations like this? Yeah, I, I did take the time to look into this. I talked with school board, uh, the school board and the superintendent about it. I wanted to get the facts. So I, I did. They ran through it, and I, I did listen to your broadcast on uh, Mr. Lash's comments and some other comments subsequently. But, you know, what happened was this boy is a fluid transgender, and, and apparently he had approached the teacher prior to the class, maybe a week ago from what I understand, and wanted. And he would come to class, uh, my understanding, sometimes a boy, sometimes he'd have a dress on, second grade uh, at the Southside uh, School in Kendallville. So he came into class that day, asked the teacher, after about a week after we pre-notified her, that he wanted to uh, address the class. So she let him do this. Now, um, he spoke for a while, uh, and there were some back-and-forth conversations. I think there were some question and answers. Uh, the school counselor had walked in at that time uh, to, and walked in on that while the conversations were going on between the students and, and this other student, of the, the uh, fluid transgender student. Um, she didn't do anything at the first, but she later uh, stopped the conversation, and uh, that ended it. Uh, well, subsequently, some parents had found out about it, and the school was notified. The principal was out of town at the time. This was back on February 6th. Uh, the school responded and sent a letter out to the parents of that class. Uh, it, it was somewhat vague. I've read the letter. I mean, I, mm -hmm. personally, I, I would have addressed it individually to the parents rather than as, as just a, to the school that sent to the parents. But just the same, uh, I think the teacher and, and some of the conversations I've heard was that the, the discipline should have been fired. Uh, I know from legislative experience working with prosecutors, the punishment has to match the crime. And, and I, I heard she was very complicit.
compliant. Sorry she did it. Um, she worked well with this administration that it's not going to happen again. Just the same, they gave her three days off uh, unpaid. Uh, and in this particular case, if she would have been defiant and maybe uh, reluctant to want to change her habits, and, and I don't know if she did it by ignorance or on purpose, but she was cooperative. So in that case, three days was probably appropriate. Uh, if you were to fire her, there would have been uh, other issues that uh, the teacher probably could have come back on with uh, you know legal uh, termination without just cause, things like that. So I think that was handled okay. Uh, I'm I'm more concerned about the overall. Uh, this is kind of a, a systemic issue reflecting from a bigger issue, and I think that's an issue of the administration working with parents. This, the controversies have begun, started with COVID, then it's moved into, um, right now, inappropriate books in the classrooms. You know, we passed a bill last two years ago, or last year, that would uh, create a situation where you could have a book removed, request to have a book removed from the library. Well, there's a process you go through, but um, I know since then some of the books have been removed. I think about four out of seven requests have been removed. But uh, personally, I was I was exposed to two books that I've looked at. I've read one of them, uh, and that's Personal Diaries of a Part-Time Indian. Uh, those are disgusting in the areas where it's pornographic. The rest of the book, you know, it's so-so. It's just not something I think is good reading, but it's not – it doesn't rise to the level to remove it. But just the same, there are parts in there that do. And when meeting with the prosecutor and some other folks on the legal issues of why the books were retained, and I spoke before the school board on this, uh, it's, 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 got, it's got loopholes in it you could drive a truck through. Ah. So uh, what I did is I offered a, a bill this year, is it, uh, so what was it, um, Senate Bill 221, 1221-1221. And what we do is we take the areas that are so vague, like it, does it meet community standards? Does the overall content of the book outweigh, you know, the bad stuff, and and things like that? And it, it's got to meet those criteria. And if it doesn't meet those criteria, or if it does, where the overall content of the book, for instance, uh, outweighs the negatives, then the book can stay. Well, my point of view has always been, look. We're thinking about kids here. We need to train them for the workforce. They need to learn STEM, science, technology, engineering, math. They've got to be prepared for, the, for either secondary college education or getting into the workforce. We don't need to be uh, introducing them to pornographic information that I think if a school offers it, any school, that's that at least at worst at least it's indoctrination otherwise it's basically you're condoning it um you know if, if kids will see it on their phone but but don't have it in a classroom uh, that just that just endorses that that behavior is okay in the school and it's accepted uh, i think it should be what it is it's pornographic and has no business in school that's why i offered 1221 and it actually defines point by point by point what is pornographic i, I won't even read them because i can't read them on the air uh, but it, it's just in your face blatantly obvious if that, if that is in that book that book has to be removed and, and that's that's not that the rest of the content of the book's bad but because that's in there why should that be subjected to uh, children seeing it, especially in the younger ages so yeah i couldn't agree with you approach. more what happened with House Bill 1221 that you presented to kind of close some of these loopholes? Where's that legislation at now, Dave? 
Well, I offered, I worked over the summer. I started back in June with the Attorney General's office. We did deep dives into it with uh, other states and case law. Uh, it was the uh, leadership. I think people in the House supported it, liked it. Uh, the problem is it's it's a short session. Uh, at the most, we get two to three committee hearings, and, and if you load up Education Committee, which yeah. we did not have time to hear this, uh, so I plan on offering it so it didn't get heard. But I do plan on reoffering it next next spring when we have the long session and we can do a deeper dive into uh, testimony and, and t you know things like that good. to make that a good bill. But I think that will. The other thing too I want to mention if I have the time is what we also need to concentrate on. I think this is, uh, and I know we're singling out East Noble and and yes there are issues too with this other uh, this other issue. But that's under investigation right now. Just so people understand, you. You cannot legally discuss that in any way, shape, or form while it's under investigation by, uh, say, uh, law enforcement, mm -hmm. police. Uh, I've been involved in that before, and they can't even tell me when it's something that I have personally been involved with through, through us, uh, being a legislator. Until that investigation's finished, then you can release names, you can release details, but, but you just have to be patient for that process to work out. But I think what we need, we've got division in the schools all across Indiana. We need to work together. I think school boards in particular can have a big hand in this. You know, everybody cares about the kids. And, and the more you engage with these parents, call them in, meet with them privately, listen to their concerns, hear them out. They've got great ideas, and if they don't get their opportunity to be heard, and I, and I know we passed the bill to allow public comment. I was part of that uh, drafting of that bill, and that's because people during COVID weren't being able to get their voices heard. They were either being ignored or school boards are looking down at the table, won't even engage. Talk to the people. Ask questions as a school board. Make them feel they're, they're part of it, the conversation. They're involved. I says they have good points. Maybe you won't just change your decision but at least, you know, show that you care. Show, exactly. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more, Dave. Well, I think I speak for on behalf of a lot of parents that we're glad that you are in this fight and you're also well aware of everything going on and have been fighting the good fight. So we will stay in touch as this thing kind of progresses, Dave. Okay. Well, thank you, Kyle. I'll be glad to uh, talk on it anytime you want. Sounds good. That's State Representative Dave Abbott joining us here on Well, He's right. Moms, dads, it's time to get involved. Don't just attend the school board meeting or PTA meeting when something major like this pops up. We have to be involved in our kids' lives. Join the PTA. Run for school board. And for those of you who say to me, KB, is it worth the fight? Can we fight the machine? Yes. It is every time when it comes to our kids. Our kids are always worth the fight. Podcasts by Federated Media.